an offensive line pick that I like but surprised me and a linebacker pick that confuses me. We're breaking down what the Buffalo Bills did on day two of the 2023 NFL Draft today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate you guys being here very, very much. Also, please be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON in the game. Well, folks, the Bills made two more selections here on day two of the 2023 NFL Draft. Osiris Torrance, a guard from Florida with pick 59. And in the third round, pick 91, linebacker Dorian Williams out of Tulane. And so we're going to have two segments for you here today. The first one is all about Osiris Torrance. The second one is all about Dorian Williams as we reflect on the work that Brandon Bean has done so far in this 2023 NFL draft. And then we'll close things out by talking about the remaining needs, the remaining picks, and some ideas that I have for them. But let's talk about this second round pick, number 59 overall, Osiris Torrance, a guard from Florida. Torrance is 23 years old. He turns 24 in January. He's a native of Greensburg, Louisiana, and his nickname is Saibo. Fun story here. He actually played football in middle school, but then stopped playing. But then his weight got up to 420 pounds, and he gave football another try to help get himself in shape. Did so in high school, and that worked out for him. Really got comfortable with his weight and got his nutrition together and wound up having a nice career as an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman in high school. Was a three-star recruit. The Sun Belt schools were after him, and he actually got one Power 5 scholarship offer from Georgia who wanted him to be a defensive lineman for them but he was comfortable with Billy Napier, the coach at Louisiana, and stayed committed. And he very quickly found the field at Louisiana, was a starter as a true freshman. He started for Louisiana for three seasons, and then his last season he transferred to the University of Florida, obviously an SEC program. He went there with Billy Napier, the head coach at Louisiana, who got hired on to be the head coach at Florida. And in his one season in the SEC, He was terrific. He was a consensus All-American selection, really leveled up and actually played his best football. I watched Torrance at Louisiana, and I liked him, and then I watched him at Florida, and I really liked him. Let's talk about him a little bit more. He is a massive dude, six foot five and three-eighths. That's the 85th percentile for interior offensive linemen. 
330 pounds, 87th percentile, 33 and 7 8 inch arms, that's the 74th percentile, 83 and 7 8 inch wingspan, that's 96th percentile, and he's got massive hands, 11 and a quarter inch hands, that's 98th percentile. In terms of athleticism, he's not necessarily a great athlete. His RAS score is a 6.14, which is average but well below the standard that the Buffalo Bills have set with their recent transition in offensive line preferences. When the Bills kind of moved on from the Daryl Williamses and the John Felicianos of the world and started to go after more athletic offensive linemen, there was several moves in a row that signaled that they were after more athletic offensive linemen. And that's what surprised me about this pick. I've always liked the player. I even mocked him to the Buffalo Bills in the first round of a mock draft that I wrote in late November. But then I talked myself out of him being a fit based on those athletic preferences. And obviously I shouldn't have done that because I had him pegged correctly to this team. I just came off of it because the Bills kept investing in these more athletic offensive linemen. And so there's definitely some differences between him and the cast of characters the Bills have now on this offensive line. Let's talk about the skill set here. The name of the game for Osiris Torrance is power. He is a people mover, a mauler, a tenacious guy. He's a guy that's really going to move bodies and create displacement in the run game. He is physical. He's got really good bend for his size, which I can appreciate. A lot of these bigger guards, you worry about them being top-heavy and folding at the waist. He plays with good bend. Really stout anchor. You know, Defensive tackles, interior rushers, they're not going to have success going through him. And so you talk about that depth of the pocket and dropping that quick anchor and you know, keeping rushers away from Josh Allen in his face. You know, Torrance has that power to anchor and maintain the depth of the pocket. He's a guy that when you look at some of these numbers that during his college career, it's really, really impressive. He, like I mentioned, a four-year starter, 47 career starts, was only charged with two penalties. I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, most offensive linemen in a season have seven to ten. I mean, this guy had two and 47 starts across four years. He also didn't give up a sack in college and only one hit on the quarterback in 1,501 pass blocking snaps. That is really impressive. And so a productive college player, he was a consensus All-American this past year. Power, physical, displacement in the run game. That's the name of the game for him. Now, when it comes to some of the weaknesses with the skill set, it's the range. It's the movement skills. Doesn't have super quick feet, not super flexible. Doesn't really offer versatility. I think he's a guard only. Now, he's got some experience at left guard, but most of it, the overwhelming majority of it, comes at right guard. So I think he's a two-spot player, guard only. You're not going to play him at tackle. And I don't think he's a fit at center. He's a guard. And so... You've got some limitations here in terms of range and foot speed and flexibility and versatility, but again, this guy wins with power. So what do I like about this pick? Well, I, I like the player. I really do like this football player. And I like the idea of what he can bring to this football team. 
bringing toughness, bringing physicality to the offense, creating displacement in the run game, utilizing more big people. Kind of talked about this with even Dalton Kincaid and our conversation with him or, or about him. The Bills using Gabriel Davis as this insert blocking, using more lean players to open up space in the run game. Now you've got some actual big-bodied people doing that, and that should be a benefit to the football team. And look, it's also, when I think about the things that I like about the pick, it's hard to be mad about offensive line help. You know, that's a fair criticism, I think, that maybe the Bills have settled when it comes to this offensive line and try to get by with certain players. But this is a pretty significant investment in an interior offensive lineman, and I really can't find myself to be upset about investing in protection for Josh Allen and obviously bolstering their ability to run the football. I think you get that in Osiris Torrance, and so I do like the idea of helping this offensive line. This pick also affirms that this offense is going to have a different look and feel. I mean, drafting Dalton Kincaid in the first round is a clear signal that they want to run more 12 personnel, which is a big shift from what it's been. It's also, like I talked about already, leaning into more big people, more physicality in the run game. One of my criticisms towards the Bills' run game over the last several seasons is that it's tried to be too multiple. It's want to be a zone-rushing offense and a gap-rushing offense, and it's hard to do either well, let alone both. And so does this lean into more of an identity for what they want to be running the football stylistically? I think there's a lot to like there. I also like the value. If you look at my Buffalo Bills specific draft board that I put out, I had him graded in the second round. This is appropriate value. He was the number 40 player on my board. So the value at 59 makes a lot of sense. In fact, If you look at most mock drafts, including my own mock drafts, I've been mocking him in the first round. I would have not been surprised if Osiris Torrance had his name called on Thursday. I kind of expected it. The Bills wind up getting him at 59. This is a good value pick. Now, what I don't like about the pick is, well, you do have some athletic restrictions here. Not a guy that's going to be super rangy and getting out in space and executing longer pulls. I do think that it's a lack of versatility, right? I don't think there's a ton of position groups that or, or positions that you're going to put him at. It's right guard probably and maybe left guard if you have to. And I'll also mention age here. The first two picks for the Bills in this draft are both going to turn 24 during their rookie season in Dalton Kincaid and Osiris Torrance. As for the implications on the roster, something is going to happen with someone on this offensive line. And I think it's probably Ryan Bates signed a four-year, $16 million deal. He's entering year two of that, but he's versatile, right? I think, and we've talked about this before, sometimes versatility can be the greatest thing for you to stay on a roster, but it's also the greatest thing for you to keep you out of the lineup because you can play so many different spots. And Ryan Bates is literally a five-position player. I think he's found a home at guard, but he can also play center and he can play tackle. And so this just leads to a world of curiosity that I have about what the plan is here. Well, actions speak louder than words. The Bills just picked Osiris Torrance in the second round. 
clearly they're looking at him as a starter for this football team. And so you ask yourself, well, where is he going to start? Well, it makes most sense to start him at right guard. Who's that right guard? Ryan Bates, who's the lowest paid starter that you have outside of Spencer Brown on the offensive line. Is there a world where something's going to happen with Mitch Morse and Ryan Bates winds up being the center? And Osiris Torrance is your right guard. Is Ryan Bates potentially the right tackle for this football team taking over for Spencer Brown? I think the reality here is that the Bills made Osiris Torrance a second-round pick for a reason because they envisioned him starting in this offensive line. And on one hand, the perceived five starters in Dawkins, McGovern, Morse, Bates, Brown, they're all signed for at least the next two seasons. But this absolutely rocks the boat in some way, and maybe that's a good thing. And so I'm very curious to see what the aftermath is, what what the dominoes are that fall based on Osiris Torrance and him being a fairly high draft pick that you would perceive is brought in to be a starter. I don't know if that's in year one, but there's some movement that's going to have to happen here for that to happen. So overall, I'd have to say that I'm a fan of this pick. I've always liked the player. I'm just a little surprised that he was a target based on the shift in preferences towards more athletic and rangy offensive linemen. But I do ultimately think that Osiris Torrance can be an above-average starter for this team that really elevates and improves the Bills' ability to run the football with his physicality, power, and ability to create displacement in the run game. All right, so coming up here in just a moment, we're going to talk about the Bills' third-round pick, linebacker Dorian Williams. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you think you'd make a good GM, well, then you got to give it a try. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory by trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms. you got to deal with free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season, all this coming in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, playable, offline, on the go, as you want, and when you want to. Lockdown Bills listeners, listen up. You can get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using promo code LOCKEDON, all capitals in the game store. That's LOCKEDON, so make sure to check it out today to download the game. Again, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Well, folks, if you're looking for a delicious snack but you don't want all the sugar and calories, well, then you need to try the best-tasting protein bar on the planet, Built Bar. you got to try these. If you're like me, you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. Well, Built does the trick. They're healthy and delicious. They're delicious because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in great flavors like cookie dough, brownie batter, coconut almond, so many great flavors, but also they're good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, great macros. They are awesome. It's like eating a candy bar, but it's good for you. You want to check them out, go to built.com. You can use our promo code lockdown15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Or you could pick up a box off your local shelf at the Sam's Club or the Walmart that you live near. You can buy them off the shelf. So check them out. 
best tasting protein bars ever. They're delicious and healthy. You'll thank me later. Let's talk about this Dorian Williams pick. Third round, number 91 overall. Dorian Williams, linebacker Tulane. He's 21 years old. He turns 22 in June. He's a native of Indian land, South Carolina. That's not too far from where I live. In fact, when I played high school football, we went, we played against Indian land. So it's uh, kind of cool that he lives somewhere near me. I uh, played basketball and football in high school, was a three-star recruit. He chose Tulane over Coastal Carolina and Troy. Wound up being a 28-game starter. Appeared in 49 games for Tulane. Very productive, 311 career tackles, 27 for loss, nine and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, 15 pass breakups, two interceptions. He comes in at 6'1, 228 pounds, 33 and three quarter inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands. Another player with big hands, uh, Kincaid, Torrance, and Williams. They both have insanely big hands. Uh, athletically, he tested with a uh, 8.82 RAS score. That's very good. Uh, fast. He's 4.49 40-yard dash, 1.54 10-yard split. His RAS score would be in high, even higher if his jumps were better. Um, so decent size and, and really good athleticism. As for this skill set here, I actually did a full scouting report for him over at the Draft Network. I wrote this in January, well before I knew he would be a Buffalo Bill. And this is what I said about Dorian Williams. A three-star recruit from South Carolina, Dorian Williams has been a steady presence for the Tulane defense and special teams since arriving on campus. He led the American Athletic Conference in tackles in 2020 and is a highly respected leader in the program. Williams features a sturdy and muscular frame with good length and large hands. A sufficient athlete, Williams has the movement skills necessary to drop in coverage and pursue the football to the sidelines. While angles can be hit or miss, Williams can close distances when searching to cut off routes and flow outside the tackles. He plays the hot motor and has proven capable of navigating tight quarters to find the football. Williams has developed into a fairly reliable tackler and features an impressive resume on special teams with more than 700 reps across four seasons. When it comes to concerns, Williams struggles to take on and play through contact. His balance when taking on blocks is poor, and his ability to deconstruct blocks is below average. Given his abundance of experience as a Mike linebacker, I was hoping to see a better ability to take on and clear blocks. While he's made his share of plays in college, I won't label him as an overly instinctive player in coverage or downhill. To his credit, he's rarely completely out of position, but his trigger is often a tick delayed. Williams profiles as an impact special teamer that can provide depth at linebacker on defense. He has a physical makeup of a starter, but he has to get stronger, play faster, and develop instinctively to envision him as a starter at the next level. My top three reasons to buy in, size and frame, special teams resume and, resume and experience on defense, movement skills, and college production. Top reasons for concern, ability to take on and de deconstruct blocks, contact balance, modest read and react skills. For me, I graded him as a mid-day three pick, somewhere in that fifth, sixth round range. So what do I like about the pick? Well, he's an athletic linebacker that has good experience, high character guy that has a very robust background on special teams. I mean, 700 career special team snaps is a lot. And so he should be able to come in and be an 
asset to Matthew Smiley on the special teams units as a four-phase special teamer. What I don't like about the pick is that I'm really underwhelmed with a lot of what I saw on tape, especially his ability to play downhill beat blocks, right? I don't think he's a very good downhill player. And I I don't know that he's a very instinctive football player either. And so I just kind of struggle to see the fit here. Brandon Bean came out and said they're starting him at outside linebacker, which I think is a good thing for him. I don't think it helps the Bills where they need him, but for Dorian Williams playing him more in a pursuit-style role where he can really be a guy that doesn't have to be so reliant on read and react skills, can use his athleticism and pursue, I think that's a good thing for him to have his best chance. But in reality, what is this, Matt Milano's backup? So in the third round, again, the Bills draft a player that I really don't see a path for them to start. Two years in a row, a third-round linebacker, neither that I think can be a meaningful starter, and both are better suited to play on the outside when you need an inside linebacker. I mean, maybe something happened here where the Bills expected to keep Tremaine Edmonds and lose Matt Milano. And Terrell Bernard was supposed to be a Milano replacement, and suddenly he's now an Edmonds replacement. But what are we doing here? You just extended Matt Milano. You play two linebackers. What did you do here with this pick? You drafted Matt Milano's backup that can be a good special teams player for you? Third round is a guy that I think should be a developmental starter. What's the path here for Dorian Williams? I have a hard time identifying that. So what are the implications on the roster? Well, let's look at the Bills' linebackers. Matt Milano, Tyrell Dotson, A.J. Klein, Terrell Bernard, Dorian Williams, Balen Spector, Tyler Medikavich. I think Balen Spector had better college tape than Dorian Williams did. This guy's coming in to compete to be Matt Milano's backup. I just can't get excited about that in the third round, especially after taking Terrell Bernard the year prior. I just, I don't understand this pick. The Bills need a Mike linebacker. And this isn't a guy that, I mean, Bean even came out and said it. We're starting him on the outside not starting him as a starting player, but he'll start his football career with the Bills as an outside linebacker. This was a disappointing pick for me. Hard hard to see the path. I know what he can do. I know he can be a depth player at linebacker and play special teams. That's just not what I value in the third round. We'll see. I'm really anxious to to see how Terrell Bernard and Dorian Williams can make an impact for this football team as third-round picks. So what's next for the Bills? Well, they only have two picks left. I mean, that's it. They made three picks. They got two more. Fifth-round pick, number 137 overall. Sixth-round pick, number 205 overall. And I got to be honest, all the concerns that I have about this football team at defensive tackle, at edge, at Mike linebacker, they still remain. I thought those were the biggest three needs on this football team. 
And let's be realistic, the answers are not coming with these picks. They're not getting answers at pick 137 and 205. And so they're going to have to look at some free agents here. And the good news, as I talked about, what was it, the Wednesday podcast? There's some edge rushers that I really like that are available out there in free agency. Leonard Floyd, Frank Clark, Robert Quinn, Yannick Ngakwe, Melvin Gordon, excuse me, Melvin Ingram, Justin Houston, Carlos Dunlap. You better sign one of those players. Defensive tackle, Shelby Harris, Puna Ford. Be nice to get one of those guys. Linebacker. I mean, I'm at the point now where Zach Cunningham, Miles Jack, Deion Jones, those sound like good options. Sure, why not? Because right now it's probably AJ Klein. Or I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's Terrell Bernard. Maybe it's Tyrell Dotson. Does it matter? Are any three of those guys interesting? I like the Dalton Kincaid pick. I like the Osiris Torrance pick, but man, I just can't get behind this Dorian Williams pick. And furthermore, I'm no more comfortable with the Bills situation at defensive tackle, defensive end, or linebacker, Mike linebacker. As I've said before, it's not Brandon Bean's job to have the roster right here at the end of April. But he's losing opportunities here to kind of fill in those blanks in a meaningful way that moves the needle. And I'm anxious to see what happens here. Now, there could be some players that become available after the draft because of what happens during the draft. There's going to be a little wave of free agency that happens here post-draft as the acquisitions no longer count towards the compensatory pick formula. And I'm not going to sit here and reflect on this third-round pick and put me in a doom-and-gloom situation. Like, I'm not going to do that. I certainly would have done something different with this selection. But... You felt like that was kind of your last chance to use an early round pick to really help you in an area of need. And you picked Matt Milano's, somebody who's going to compete to be Matt Milano's backup and help on special teams. Not what I would have done with that third round pick. All right, folks. So there you have it. My analysis on Osiris Torrance and Dorian Williams, your newest additions to the Buffalo Bills. We'll be back again for you tomorrow. The Bills are going to do something on day three. They're scheduled to make two picks. Uh, We'll get some undrafted free agents. So once we let the dust settle tomorrow, I'll get back in here and record a podcast for you reflecting on those day three selections. So make sure that you come on back. Make sure you're subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you after day three.